warning. The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out. Well, hello there. Are you looking for a massive drunken horror podcast? Well, the Drunken Zombie Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things horror. So head over to DrunkenZombie.com and have a listen. While you're there, friend us on our Facebook group, Massive. Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? You bet. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is this is really, really scary now. I trust you. Are you ready? Okay, go ahead. What are you doing? <laughs>
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 107 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? No kidding. We almost did not have a show tonight. Almost, yeah. You, oh. may, you may not be able to hear this now, but we all have all kinds of weird static going on that we normally don't have. It's Halloween spooky static. I think that's it. It's probably spirits from beyond attempting to contact us during the show. Forces of chaos calling us from the Imperium. No, that beyond the static, we almost didn't have a podcast because I couldn't find the microphone tonight. Oh, really? Where was the microphone? It's yeah. You know, I you don't store about, it in the same place every time. I always do. It's in one of two places. It's either where it is right now when I'm podcasting, or put away on my shelf in my office. And you know how I always say that I can't find things unless they're like right where they're supposed to be. Like you could move it a foot to the right and I wouldn't see it. Yes. That happened. <laughs> okay. I, I was literally to the point where I was slamming doors and looking in closets and trying to figure out where it had been. So I looked all over my office. It's not there. It's not where it belongs. I got so annoying that my wife actually tried to help me. She went, I was clearly annoying everybody by my frantic look. She goes, all right, start in your office, walk in my office. Where is it? I measured it. It's literally 12 inches over and 17 inches down from where it's supposed to be. It's on the next shelf right down. And I couldn't see it. Freaking invisible. It threw you. It did. It but threw I found you for it. a loop. I found the mic. And we found the forces of chaos that are going to help us through this spooky podcast. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that uh, we got at least that far. Yeah. And uh, I guess if you imagine that the static is like a spooky wind that's blowing, that maybe that will somehow, you know, make this all work out. I hope it does. Me too. I hope it works for you. Well, aside from that, the weird uh, sound, we do have some fantastic sounds for the listeners this episode. Yeah, we do. Courtesy of Yep Rock Records, they were kind enough to allow us to play cuts from their brand new compilation, Mondo Zombie Boogaloo, which, if that isn't just a perfect name, has three, count them, three great bands on it. First off, a band that I've been a fan of a long time, Southern Culture on the Skids. Yeah, I love these guys uh, for quite a while as well. Me too, man, since I don't even remember what year, but uh, Dirt Track Date, when that album came out. Demolition Figure 8, yeah. A long time ago, and the song... I got uh, into them, the album after that. Camel Walk is the That's song. That's right there. Yeah, a fantastic tune. So I've been a fan of theirs for a long time. It's, it's a, a thrill to be able to play some of their stuff on the show. And then as a bonus, we also have the Flesh Tones and Los Straight Jackets. The Flesh Tones, you may remember, from the Bachelor Party soundtrack. Back in the day. Yeah, American Beat. That's a great tune. And yeah. Los Straight Jackets. Now, I have heard them before on another Halloween compilation with Rob Zombie way back in the day. Wow, now, I saw them live with Reverend Horton Heath way back in another day, and they were great on stage. They all had the Lucha Libre masks on, and they had that kind of stage presence that, uh, that old Devo did, where <laughs> they're just by, by standing still and making herky-jerky movements occasionally all coordinated. It, it was a great presence. And the music absolutely rocked. They do the best version of Sing, 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 bar none. We're going to have a couple of classic covers by them to play this episode as well as uh, 
tunes from the Flesh Tones and Southern Culture on the Skid. So really cool stuff. Additionally, we've got some haunt music from Sam Haynes, who is the alter ego of our good friend DJ Cheeky Boy from the UK, who usually puts together the Monster Mashup series. Uh, this year he did a little something a little different, and he did a dedicated Halloween album called Welcome to the Horror Show. So as we go through, we're going to have a couple of brief haunt reviews, and that music will be accompanying the haunt. So I'll try to call it out where I can, and there will definitely be a list of the songs we use on the homepage. So I hope you dig that as well. A lot of great music here. Brief, brief haunt reviews this time. <laughs> now, this you know is... what else makes this show special besides not listening to Steve's family scream for an hour in some static cornfield? What's that? This is our beer and candy episode. This is our beer and candy episode. Now, what are you drinking so far? Well, here's the thing. We're supposed to drink exotic beers and enjoy terrible candy this episode. But since I am physiologically and pharmacologically prohibited from getting drunk, I have grabbed a collection of root beer that I've never tried before. Okay. Now, do each of the root beers have some sort of a Halloween theme? No, I tried just to get root beer that I had not ever tried before. Although, this, I guess I could really stretch it and say this first one has a Halloween theme because it's got Halloween candy flavor added to it. It is a dang, that's good butterscotch root beer. <laughs> that and sounds despite, interesting. How is it? Despite the name, dang, that's good. It's really not very good. <laughs> if well, you're thinking, hmm, I like root beer. Maybe it would be better if I put butterscotch in it. You're wrong. <laughs> My beverages of choice this evening, I posted a photo of a, on the Bone Bat Facebook page so that you all could actually see what I was drinking. The first one, this is a India Pale Ale from Medford, Oregon. It's a walkabout brewing company, and it's called Point the Bone India Pale <laughs> Ale. It's got a skeleton on it who's pointing his bone. I can't see what he's pointing his bone at. It's kind of off the label, but uh, it is very... This is a hoppy beer, dude. Yeah. White hoppy. Getting that uh, West Coast overhop flavor profile. Little bit. Little bit. Yeah, very kind of perfuming. A lot of stuff going on in the tongue. A little bit bitter in the aftertaste. Good stuff. Well, I hope you're enjoying it because, because it took us an hour of dicking around and updating Skype. In all fairness, it took like 38 minutes. All right, we we started the podcast at 9, allegedly. What time is it now? It is 9.49. Okay, so it took us 48 minutes. I am nearly finished. We've been talking for 15 minutes already. It's not been 15 minutes. It has. That's what it says. Are you using dog minutes? (laughs) No, so I've been going through this horrible, horrible loop here, and uh, I'm getting near the bottom of it, actually. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm having a little candy. I'm gonna open oh, my first candy. candy. Yeah, now I'm opening up my first candy. This is a a Nestle product, I believe. Nestle, it's called a Walnut Whip. Wow! And it literally looks like a chocolate butt plug <laughs> <laughs> with walnuts at the tip. At the tip, it's this is not an attractive candy, Gord. I'd say no. It is I, 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 I'm just going to put it right out there on Front Street. I imagine that there's some folks who think it's a very attractive candy. <laughs> so it's imagine a walnut encrusted butt plug <laughs> stuffed with marshmallow. Are you sure that's marshmallow? <laughs> I hope so. God. 
the alternative would be unthinkable. Well, I already thought it. I tried to find candy that I had no idea what it was. And this first one I got is from some foreign country. And all it says is lion in the front. I've got one of these. Really? Yeah, that's funny. Julie got one of these for me, too. It's got it's a just lion, says lion. It's her, got right? a picture of a lion, and that's it. Yeah, it's a Nestle lion. It says. Yeah. That's right. that's right. It says Nestle kind of on the 256 back. 256 so, calories. Uh, I think these are from uh, the United Kingdom, in fact. Could be. Could be. Because they have all that extra nutritional facts. <laughs> on the back of mine, it says E, 52 grams, best before end. <laughs> I'm not sure what the end of what. But best before end. Life as we know it. Uh, the world. I'm going to try this. I'm assuming it's made out of actual lion. I'm not sure what part. You oh, see, we should like have... A, it looks kind of like a baby roof. We should have uh, compared oh. notes ahead of time. Because oh. I'll, I'll be trying the lion later. I still have yeah. a mouthful of chocolatey butt plug goodness. What, do you want me to cover my lion back up and grab <laughs> something else? No, no, no. We can stick a lion in our mouth at the same time. Would that, be, would that be too much? <laughs> no, it's okay, I think. All right. Well, we'll we be go. all right. Oh, wow. It's not what I expected at all. <laughs> no? It's like puffed rice with chocolate on the outside like a crackle bar. And then the inside is two cookies. But those two cookies are surrounded by a layer of what I believe to be bulletproof caramel. I like this. Nice. I think I'm a fan of the wine. It tastes like, you know what this is? This is an Uber Twix bar. It is the illegitimate love child of a Twix bar and a Crackle. Okay, well, I'll try that. And next. a bulletproof vest. Okay, well, why don't we do what we normally do about this time? What do we normally do about this time? Gord, let's talk about what pisses us off. Hey, you know what pisses me off? I am one of those poor souls that still uses a Yahoo email account. <laughs> Don't ask me why. I can't explain it. I guess like GeoCities finally wasn't cutting <laughs> yes, it anymore. My, my Angel Fire account is no longer good in GeoCities. I don't know if I want to upgrade to that. So <laughs> I'm still using Yahoo. And they have totally revamped, relaunched their Yahoo experience. And uh, the new the new Yahoo email service, I tried it with Firefox, I tried it with Chrome, and I tried it on the Android mobile device is brilliant the way across all three browsers, platforms, it fails to work. <laughs> it's just a pile of crap. It just continues to give me error messages, not send email, not get email. It's awful. It's absolutely <laughs> awful. And I've had this email account for since I had like a 14-4 modem. <laughs> and then finally figured out a way to break it. Nice. Yeah, so there's that. Hey, the other thing that pisses me off is I'm kind of a idiot when it comes to numbers anyway, and I'm certainly not any better after I got my head bombed. But I was invited to a poker game at a house that I had never been to before. And I very carefully put the address in my phone in a note, logged that note to a calendar date so I would like know when to go, know where to go. And it was like at 648... Oak Street, and so I go, and at the appropriate time, I show up at 648 Oak Street, and I open the door, and I walk in, and I don't see anybody playing poker. In fact, 
it doesn't look like there's any poker playing going to happen in this house. I hear like a, a, a washing machine running in the background and there's somebody sewing sitting out on a table. I'm all, hello? Nothing? I go, I'm in the wrong house. I walked into a stranger's house. I like quietly back up. And yeah, sure enough, it wasn't at 648 Oak Street. It was like an 846 Oak Street. Because I'm stupid. And that pisses me off. You know, it pisses me off when you go to the Seahawks game. And, I mean, we've had the same the same seats, my friend Liam and I, in Section 326, Row J, seats 14 and 15, for like 10 years now. We've had the same seats in the, sa- in the stadium. And, like, you'll get there right a little few minutes before kickoff, and there's somebody sitting in your seats. And you, like, you, you go up to them, and you're like, hey, uh, sorry, you're in my seat. And they always get, they always invariably get indignant. And usually they're wearing the opposing team's jersey. And then they'll start to, no, this is our seat. I'm like, no, I don't know where you belong, but (laughs) this is not it. And so they'll dig their tickets out, you know, from five pockets under wherever they've got it. And it turns out, oh, yeah, we're in 325 or 327 or we're in G or we're in AG or whatever, wherever the hell. It's not the right seats, right? But they always act like tools about it. Like indignant that you're pushing up on their space when you know goddamn well that those are your seats. So yeah, that's a similar type of a thing. That I find that pretty annoying. I hate people. Yeah. Hey, why don't we listen to a tune? Sure, let's do it. The song that we opened the show with was Low Straight Jacket's version of the theme from Halloween by John Carpenter. Of course, taken from Mondo Zombie Boogaloo. And then this one is from the band we just talked about, Southern Culture on the Skids, with a cover of The Cramps. Dude, do the honors. Guguma. Oh, when the sun goes down and the moon comes up.
Listeners, this is Steve, and I am here at Stalker Farms 2013 with Dan. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. We're excited. I'm excited. It's great to be back. You know, this year I, I was a little slow getting warmed up to Halloween. I don't know why. And then this afternoon, I just started getting more and more excited. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's intense. You know, the weather changes. It's a little colder at night. You wake up to fog in the morning. You just can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. So. You, you step out of the car here in the field, and yep. it's the smell of fear is in the air, Dan. Yeah, well, you know, you can't beat this environment, right? It's, it's all corn, right? Yeah. <laughs> our walls are corn. So it's corn and fog. And sometimes we get real fog. Sometimes we make our own fog. But it's it's pretty, pretty fantastic. It's very unique uh, versus, you know, some other haunts that are out there. Absolutely. <laughs> So talk to me, what is new at Stalker Farms Field of Screams this year? Well, what's new is that we're, um, we're offering two haunts. And in the past, we had a mini haunt, and then we combined that with our Field of Screams haunt. So this year, we broke our last laugh haunt off. Mm-hmm. And now you can choose for a single admission of uh, $15.45 or $15.95, depends where you get it online or not. You can go through the clown-infested haunt, which is related to our McFallon's carnival and Circus of Freaks theme. Or you can go through a standard Field of Screams. So that's new in terms of ticketing, but this year is Elsa Higsberg's anniversary. She is a slasher, and so she was a witch back in the early uh, turn of the century, and this year she's risen. She's risen in the corn. They have summoned her, and somewhere in the corn you will you will meet Elsa and all of her vengeance. So uh, that's that is new this year. I, I don't want to go in there because when she's in there, I don't I don't <laughs> like to do this. all kinds of witchcraft. I don't want to deal with that. Fantastic. Elsa, come for us. We are waiting. Elsa, come for us. We are waiting. <laughs> Previous years, we had talked that the slasher family haunt. Right was always kind of like the linchpin. And then last year, for the first time, the clowns were scarier. There was a couple yeah. of great moments in that haunt. So I'm really excited to see that expanded, frankly. It's, yeah. They've earned that position, I think. Yeah, we've, you know, after a lot of customer feedback, and we value good, bad, or regular customer feedback, we take all that in and we try to expand on that in the next year. So a lot of people had fun in our last laugh last year. And this year, we've expanded a little bit, and we've got a little surprises in there this year. So we changed. So if you've come down last year, we've changed it up this year a little bit. The chainsaw guy has it out for me. He waved at me. <laughs> you know it. Oh. We haven't even gone through the meat truck yet. Oh, so. my God. Oh, my God. Not the meat truck. Oh, here we go. Meat. Oh, great. Chuck's fine meat. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> What's on the menu today? You brought me the sweet meat. The sweet cut. She's much better. What's her name? What's her name? Chuck! Oh, Chuck, we yeah. got Barbie! Oh, I'm so hungry! Surely you yeah. can cut with just one. Yeah. We keep all the good meat in back. Now, when are you open through Halloween? Tell our listeners, because this show will go live with plenty of time for people to go out and get their haunt on. Right. So we're open Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays in all of October. Okay. And so uh, we run till Halloween night, so the 31st, uh, which is a Thursday this year. And then on November 1st and 2nd as well, our Hunt for Zombies paintball ride is also open. So we nice. extended that a few extra nights okay. to clean up the zombies that still roam and hang around over there. <laughs> Pick up the body parts. That's right. Got to have a shovel guy so, out there. So for people that don't want to like get scared and walk and walk through corn, they can sit on a ride and feel a little bit safe with a, a machine gun paintball uh, weapon <laughs> and shoot lots of zombies. Very nice. All right, man. Well, thank you again for having us here, and I can't wait to check out Field of Screams. That's right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> we made it. Good thing it's over. No, don't lie to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, this is my job. Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe later. Miles to go before we sleep. Of course she is. Oh my god, that always gets me. Oh. The floor is no really mushy. Laughing. Great. No laugh. Must be this tall to die. Let me see. Oh, you're not tall enough. You'll oh. survive. Ah! I'm afraid I'm in trouble though. That was Once again, that was Goo Goo Muck by Southern Culture on the Skids. And after that, had a little preview of Stalker Farms, Field of Screams, a sponsor of the Bone Bat Film Fest. They help us get grabbers this year, man. Love it. Thank you, guys. As always, it was a great time at that haunt. And uh, we'll have a little more haunt talk later on in the show. So, dude, more candy? More beer? Just You know, you're drinking beer. Yes, I'm drinking root beer. So... As the show progresses, you're going to be moving steadily closer to intoxication, whereas I will be heading steadily closer to type 2 diabetes. <laughs> if I do it right, that is. Okay, so I just popped open a local brew, River City Root Beer, River City being Sacramento. Okay, and I'm trying the Lion Candy Bar, which you're right. It is like a Twix on steroids. Really chewy. It's got a... Uh, a very firm caramel in it. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Bulletproof. Damn. All right, this, the River City root beer, it's like a, a good root beer, not a real creamy one. It's actually got a, a hint of anus. <laughs> the spice, the one that tastes like black licorice. I don't know what you Oh, anise. Mm. I think you mispronounced that. I always mispronounce that. It gets me <laughs> so much trouble. But they love me at the spice store. And uh, I'm moving on to beer number two. Now, this is a product of Belgium. Belgium. Otherwise, uh, made in the Belgique. It is called Satan Red. All right. That's got a, a hint of mellow sweetness after the IPA. Pretty good. I, I, like I imagine it. the red would be. I have, for my candy, uh, Wild Ophelia All Natural Smokehouse 
barbecue potato chips chocolate bar. <laughs> oh my goodness, that sounds I, fairly extreme. It comes in a cardboard package, and then you open up that, and then you've got a what I, it appears to be a pop tart. <laughs> Another like foil package that you have to open. Oh, they used a lot of cocoa in this. This thing is black, black. <laughs> and uh, I, don't, I don't see any barbecue potato chips. But I'll try it. You know what? What's that? Tastes like a dark, dark, dark chocolate bar. But instead of sweetening it with a little bit of sugar like you should, yeah. you rubbed it in a greasy bowl of barbecue potato chips. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. It doesn't sound like you like any of the things that you've picked up tonight so far. No, the, the lion bar, that was good. Oh, okay. You no, know, it's it's one of those things you want to like it because you taste the cocoa. You're like, oh, good chocolate. Right. But then you really taste it, and it's, no. <laughs> That's something I don't necessarily eat all of. <laughs> okay. Got a little bone bat news, man. You do? Yeah, a couple of cool things. Uh, Kickstarter-wise, the Seattle Geekly Kickstarter funded, so... They will be returning in November. How cool is that? That is awfully cool. Yeah, it's going to be great to have Matt and Shannon back. I'm pretty excited about hearing their efforts again. Yeah, me too. Also, the Entombed Pledge Music Drive, their reissue effort also funded. So pretty soon their albums are going to be hitting the re-releases. Very cool stuff. I'm pretty excited to hear those, all the bonus cuts. Uh, You know, all those three albums were turned into double albums, so a lot of new music for the fans. That's going to be awesome. That's awesome, but you know what's not awesome? What? The more I drink this River City root beer, the more it just tastes like medicine. (laughs) Like medicine from when we were kids, like when medicine tasted bad. Not this sugar-coated crap. Yeah, the kids have it so easily now. They get like gummy aspirin and shit. Yeah, they don't even know. They when you say it tastes like know. medicine, they think it's a compliment. Yeah, no. They they have no clue the terrible, horrible shit we used to have to ingest when we were sick. It wasn't bad enough that we felt terrible, but then you had to actually compound it with horrible tasting medicine. Yeah, they'd punish us with the medicine as well. The kids, they have no idea how made they have it. I mean, all of our toys were made out of, like, sticks and nails. And, you know, tin and lead. Yeah, and there was no video games. There was Atari. Not when we were six. No, not when we were six. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's that's right, man. Kids today got it made. That's all I'm saying. So anyway, back to the news. Uh, something else cool I discovered recently is uh, there's a Kickstarter going on for a thing called Indie Van Game Jam. Have you heard of this? I have not. It's going to be an internet show that is basically like a cross between man versus food and Indie Gamer the movie, where these two dudes are going to go to eight different cities and visit independent video game designers. At the same time, they are creating their own independent game that they will publish at the end of the show's run. How are they going to have the time to make their own game if they're traveling around? Because they got a laptop in a van, man. (laughs) They're coding on the road. How cool is that? Road code. So it looks like it's going to be a very cool show. So check out. It's called Indie Van Game Jam, and the Kickstarter is going now. I think they've got 22 more days, 20 more days, something like that. And uh, give it a look. The trailer is pretty cool, and uh, throw a few bucks their way if uh, you think it might be good entertainment. This was something I stumbled across I thought was pretty damn exciting. Now, 
you know, I like zombies as much as the next guy. I know Probably you more you, than the next. Yeah, guy. you you dig zombies. I dig zombies maybe a little more. But the idea of the zombie walk to me is completely fucked out. Yeah. I just I, I have no interest anymore in the zombie walk. I feel like we've been there, we've done that. But right. here, check this out. Now you remember from our first Bone Bat Film Festival. Do you recall the film, the horribly slow murderer with the extremely inefficient weapon? Yeah, the Spoon Slayer. Sure. Yes. They're having on Thursday, October 31st, to celebrate Halloween, they're having the world's largest gathering of Ginosagis, the Spoon Walk in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) How awesome is that? That is wonderful. I I can get behind that. That is very cool. So I'm glad to see somebody doing something really cool that isn't zombies. Congratulations to director Richard Gale for pulling this off. I think it's going to be a very fun event, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing pictures afterwards. I can't think of anything more fun. That sounds bitching. That's wonderful. I love that. You can get information at www.spoon-walk.com. All right, and finally, if you will be in the Peoria, Illinois area on November 2nd and 3rd, do not miss our good friends Drunken Zombie and the Drunken Zombie Film Festival, which will take place at the Landmark Theater in Peoria from noon to midnight on Saturday the 2nd and noon to 5 on Sunday the 3rd. They put on a fantastic show every year. Brian and the gang always have a great selection of films, and you do not want to miss this if you are anywhere near Peoria. So check that out, Bone Bat listeners. How about another tune, man? Let's do it. Right, this is the Flesh Tones, the aforementioned band, and uh, the tune, Sock It To Me Baby in the House of Shock. Well, the mummy met the wolf in wild pal in the street. Said he knew a place past can't be beat. He said, we gotta go now. Get right away. Drag is kind of cool and there's nothing to lose. Sock it to me, baby, in the house of shock. Sock it to me, baby, in the house of shock. Well, they met their old friend, Frankenstein. And then they went down and they made the seat. A lady in blue, she answered the door.
<laughs> oh, this is an old school creepy art. I love it. Where's Nibbles? Is he Nibbles? Please tell him I'll watch the show again. Please. Oh, I think Nibbles. Go there. No, come back. Nibbles is the bunny. Once again, Steve from the Bone Bat Show for the first time at Shadows Haunted Attraction, visiting with Eric Tavares. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in. Thanks for coming. Now, as our listeners may know, uh, I am a longtime frequenter of the Dark Hollow Haunted Forest, where you, at last, were hanging your shingle up, and you've got a new project this year. We do. I got sick and tired of the cold and wet outdoors <laughs> for the last five years. So this is an indoor show, uh, very different. Of course, here I am outside, so good Good luck with that. Um, yeah, after five years with Dark Hollow, we decided to try something new. Try an indoor show, um, two different events, two very different ones. One a kind of a traditional maze, and the other one is, well, you'll have to see for yourself. It's um, not like anything they've done around here. Okay. It's an interactive experience. Fantastic. So it, it's our grand experiment. So we're just going to chill out here for a second. Uh, thanks for coming. This is an open house, so you guys probably saw the signs out front. I'm the agent here, so I'm just going to say a few words about the place. You know, this is an older house, um, so I can use a little bit of TLC, but, uh, you know, it's got a ton of old world charm. But, you know, there is something I'm legally obligated to tell you, and that is that uh, Mary Parker here used to own this house. Now, you guys may know her better as Bloody Mary. I'm sure you guys have heard that whole Bloody Mary or Right. Yeah, I mean, it's an urban legend. I'm sorry, guys. It's probably just a grounding issue, minor electrical. You know, it's an older house. One of the things that I thought always has been one of your strengths is your storytelling. That you always brought that to Dark Hollow. There's always a great backstory going on there. And even the videos that you made for A Nightmare at Beaver Lake in their early years. You had a lot of really cool creative stuff behind the scenes. And I'm hoping to see some of that here. Uh, you're the only one that I think notices any of this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I am kind of a haunt nerd. Yeah, this well, is true. You know, there's like 5% that get into the story, they like the movies, you know, and that's who we make it for. The rest is because we love it. It'll be interesting to see what you think. Okay. Um, theme is definitely something that's, uh, I think, a lot stronger or at least more obvious. Cool. This way? Last safe home. I think this is the way. Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's so nasty. <laughs> when are you open through Halloween? Now, this show is going to air on the 20th, so all of our listeners will have a chance to check it out. What days are you open? Every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in October, starting at 7. The week of Halloween, we're also open the 30th, Wednesday, and then November 1st and 2nd. Nibbles told me to do something bad. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it! Yeah. I have to kill you. Yeah. I have to kill you now. I have to kill you! I'm gonna kill you! I have to. Nibbles told me to do it! I'm sorry! And you were located right in central Tukwila, right across from South Center Mall, correct? Yes, next to the big red building. There's a big orange dinosaur on the roof. You can't miss it. Yes, that, that's uh, Chompy the Misguided Dinosaur. <laughs> Don't ask. But uh, uh, later it may come to light as to exactly why he's there. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having us out, Eric. Thanks, man. Always good to see you.
Once again, sock it to me, baby, in the House of Shock by the Flesh Tones from Mondo Zombie Boogaloo. Hope you dug that one. Following that, we had our second haunt, the Shadows Haunt, featuring, of course, Bloody Mary, which was just a crazy good time. So people need to get out and see that. You got a political rant this week. Yeah, sure. I got a political rant this week. Is it about the government shutdown? As we are talking about this right now, recording this show, government's still shut down, and we're uh, less than 48 hours from going into default. Yeah, well, I figured the show was coming out after the apocalypse or after they fix it, so it wasn't. But here, here's my two bits on the on the government shutdown. Uh, it's completely the Republicans' fault, completely. The Republicans like to say, in fact, Democrats occasionally say this too, but they like to say, gosh, we need to run the government like a business. If you ran the government like a business, this wouldn't happen. Well, check this out, GOP. If your chief financial officer says you shouldn't offer health insurance to the company employees, yet the CEO, the board of directors, they say you should. Okay, you've done your job. You're looking out for the money. But if you then do, what, 30, 30 presentations to the CEO and to the the board about how you shouldn't have health insurance for the employees, something tells me you're not paying attention to the other work that's stacking up on your desk. Okay, And if you decide, Mr. CFO, that you're so against providing health insurance for your employees that you not only don't do your regular job, but you prevent, you stop writing checks to your vendors, to your employees, you basically shut the entire company down. What kind of business is that? I'll tell you what kind of business that is. That is a failed business. So, hey, Republican, douchebags, pull your heads out. You brought this on yourself. Own it. Claim it. You knew it was coming. You knew what would happen if you did this, and you're doing it. So stop it. God. And then we've got mushing out of the melting tundra of Alaska like some red-lipped Yeti from Inuit version of hell. Sarah Palin shows up. <laughs> Part of what we see here with the government shutdown is that uh, national parks, national monuments are closed. So a group of veterans, a nonpartisan group of veterans, said these memorials to veterans should be open. And they gathered to protest the closure of Veterans Memorial in D.C. So Sarah Palin and other flag-waving teetards hijacked the demonstration and tried to make it all about their own agenda. The veterans groups have quickly chosen to distance themselves from the Confederate flag-waving freak show. But rather than apologize to the very people she publicly venerates, these veterans... Ms. Palin took the opportunity to try to make herself out as a victim, her favorite frickin' role. And she claims, she claims that she was met by, and I quote, SWAT teams in riot gear. Now, I've seen video of the incident, and I, I have seen about a dozen Capitol Police and a couple of bike cops on the scene. <laughs> Granted, they had billy clubs in hand, and they the regular SWAT cops. Teams? What, they, no, they were not SWAT teams. Were they bicycle SWAT teams? Because that would be something to see. I would pay good money to see a bicycle SWAT team, although we may have one in Davis. They'd be like a SWAB team. (laughs) Special weapons and bicycles. And bicycles, yeah. (laughs) I would love to see down at Harvey Mudd University if they have a special weapons and unicycles team, because that would be even better. So, yeah, anyway, I saw the video, and the jackbooted thugs that Obama sent out with their billy clubs in hand were actively oppressing and arresting nobody... Because 
earlier, one of Miss Palin's patriots went to the Lincoln Memorial with a freaking rifle. So the cops were a little bit on edge, and that's why they showed up. And seriously, Confederate flags, people, really, if you're going to protest on behalf of veterans, United States veterans, maybe y'all ought to leave the enemy flags at home. Just pro tip there. So Sarah Palin, really, yeah, she's back. Like an ingrown hair that just continues to fester. And we will never be rid of this goddamn loudmouth halfwit. And that's not even my political rant. You say that, but where's Dan Quayle today? <laughs> where he belongs. Someplace where he's not making himself a public spectacle. Christ, no, I just wanted to throw out a couple of new chunks, maybe not new, but additional chunks of information about the State of Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson Watch, 2013. <laughs> the Jefferson Apocalypse, California version. Northern California sits on its balls. <laughs> well, they're way up at the top, so it'd be like sitting on the... <laughs> they're Northern sitting California on Oregon's sits on balls. Its tip. They're sitting on Oregon's balls. Oh, yes, Oregon's balls. <laughs> State of Jefferson, Oregon's balls. So, yeah, if you missed the last episode... Northern California County has decided to secede from the state of California and form the state of Jefferson. And now Modoc County wants to join in the fun. So for those of you who never gotten lost on your way to Idaho, uh, Modoc <laughs> County makes Siskiyou County look like a heavily populated economic powerhouse. <laughs> so welcome to the club, all 9,000 people in Modoc County. Here's a fun fact about Modoc County. It was the site of the concentration camp that my fifth grade teacher spent her, uh, some of her growing up years in. Her father was a guard, so she got to go back across the wire at night while her Japanese-American friends stayed inside and reflected on the American dream, no doubt. So besides a history of a concentration camp, a bunch of lava tubes, and uh, an entertaining tale about Captain Jack doing guerrilla warfare and just frustrating the American troops to no end, Back in not the, back Captain in the day. Jack Sparrow. No, not Captain. Jack. Completely different Captain. Yeah, this is. I can't remember his last name, but uh, we took yeah. several field trips to Captain Jack's stronghold. We did. It was basically a bunch of uh, volcanic rock, exactly, with little holes in it that you could squirrel away food and weaponry. Yeah, picture a whole bunch of volcanic rock and a bunch of tall brown grass. That's Modoc County. Yep, that is. Yeah, so they're going to be. State of Jefferson, too. Item two, I didn't talk about this the first time, but Siskiyou County gives another reason for wanting to leave the Golden State. Several people brought this up to me after my last rant. I didn't address it, but they keep bringing up the issue of the dams. There are, there are a handful of dams in Northern California. So, like, at the bottom of Lake Shasta, like that dam? Yeah, like uh, Iron Gate. And there's a bunch of other dams that don't form big entertaining lakes to play around in. They just supply power and, and interfere with salmon spawning or something. Okay. But uh, mostly power and flood control. The Siskiyou County believes that by leaving the state of California, they will be able to manage these dams however they damn well please. They're upset about the way the dams are being managed. Uh, fun fact, most of these dams are federally managed. They're not managed by the state of California. So they will have the exact same problem that they do now, whatever that problem is. State, country, figured out. So, Monroe County, 
Siskiyou County, form a new state. You deserve each other. Have fun with the federal dams. That's my political rant. Wow, that was amazing, dude. I am in fine form. It must be the root beer. I think that's it. Are you sure it's pronounced anise? Because this doesn't taste that good. <laughs> I don't know. All right, well, let's listen to another tune. All right. Once again, this is Low Straight Jackets, and uh, I don't think this song needs any introduction. Once again, Ghostbusters. <laughs> what a cool cover. Little Straight Jackets is kicking ass on this compilation. Yeah, they are really kicking ass. Again, Mondo Zombie Boogaloo from Yep Rock Records. You have plenty of time to pick up this bad boy before Halloween. I think this could be the uh, highlight of your Halloween party. I said it right there. You heard right it. Right there. So, dude, beer and candy. Beer and candy. You're still nursing that beer, I'm right? I'm still nursing parts of two beers. So okay. I'm going to so open I'm, my candy, I popped though. the cap on a new root beer here. Okay. And I got this one for you because I figured it was named after you. Rat Bastard Root Beer. <laughs> no, you probably don't see that in a lot of, you know, where children are. I don't know. This is in the root beer section of the nugget. So maybe they don't let kids down that aisle. It right. says on the label, it says, spread your lips and ingest. 
and it says, make you feel like something you're not. What, like what? I don't know. A man, I guess. <laughs> do you feel hair growing on your chest? Yeah, I do. Now, I've been eating and drinking crap, admittedly. Chocolate and candy and just garbage. So this next one... Wait, I, wait. I want Bastard Root Beer. I haven't reviewed it yet. Oh, okay. Good. It's good. Go, next. So this next one has real fruit juice in it. Mike and Ike Zowers. Sour oh. fruits with a Z. That's Whoa. really going to screw with the beer. Yeah, uh, that's fucking my flavor. palate right up. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm puckering pretty good, and I think I'm starting to sweat. I heard about a kid who ate those and then drank a Jolt Cola and his stomach exploded. <laughs> we should try that. We should have a Coke and a Pop Rocks. We should. And see if one of our heads will blow off, like Mikey from Live Cereal. He likes it. He likes <laughs> All right. Whereas I have an arrow that says, feel the bubbles. On the label, it looks like uh, brown on the outside, bubbly orange on the inside. I don't know if it's supposed to be peanut butter, if it's supposed to be orange flavor. I hope not, because I don't like fruit with my chocolate. Apparently, I also don't like barbecue potato chips with my chocolate. <laughs> oh, and yeah, I can smell that right as soon as I open it, it is going to be orange. And... It's uh, milk chocolate on the outside, and it's really airy, light orange fluff on the inside. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but, you know, still not what I would call good. Lord Jesus Christ, these are sour. I'd rather have that. Ah. This arrow orange is not worth the fat that I'm getting around my belly. Don't you still wear, like, the same jeans you wore in high school? Maybe. <laughs> They're getting a little thin. Yeah, this arrow bar is crap. Oh, it's true. I can feel the bubbles. It's kind of like farting in a jacuzzi. <laughs> if I'd eaten a lot of oranges. It's like farting in a candy bar? Mm-hmm. And then eating it. That does not sound good. Through an orange. It was terrible. This is the worst Halloween ever. I'm sorry that your Halloween is going so badly. You know what? I had a flashback today eating that one candy on the show that was like a rope that had all the little chunky rocks on the outside. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. It was like a a big string of placostomous crap on the bottom of your aquarium. (laughs) Or one of those Helgramites, those bugs that live on the bottom (laughs) of rocks that have that. Yeah, and stick like pebbles and sticks all over their back to blend in with the environment. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, I've seen a thing on, I don't know what I was doing on Facebook or YouTube or something. Like, an artist had put in beads and, like, little gold flakes in a terrarium with those kind of bugs. Oh, and, yeah. And it was badass because they made those little shells out of, like, beads and gold. And it, at the end, there was, like, these cool little tubes of art. That's a great idea. Yeah, I was really bitching. See, Helgramites, if you would just work hard... You could have nice things like that instead of just lounging at the river all day. <laughs> Sick of your Helgramite handouts. Not in the, the right river, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how about a little multimedia triage, man? What have you been hey, enjoying lately? Uh, enjoying or consuming? Enjoying, I read a book called Joyland by Stephen King. Have you read that one? No. What are you doing reading that one and not Dr. Sleep? Uh, I'm sure that my dad is going to read Dr. Sleep and just give me the book. 
Oh, okay. So, in fact, he read this and gave it to me. My dad's retired now, and he reads a lot, so every time I see him, he, likes backs a truck up and just dumps a pile of books in my driveway. I read these, you can have them. <laughs> he was always the one that had the Stephen King first, and... Mm-hmm. You know, you would get, you would read it, and then you'd lend it to me or our friend Mike or, you know, whoever was next. That was that was how we consumed all of the Stephen King in high school. Yeah, it was kind of like a, the human centipede of horror. <laughs> it was a lot like that. Before there was a human centipede, there was this. Yeah, so yeah. So, so we've got that. Stephen King's book uh, Joyland is sort of a a detective crime noir attempt. It's about this kid who takes a summer job at a theme park where the house of horror is actually possibly haunted by the ghost of a woman that was murdered there. And it reminds me of a James Lee Burke book. Have you ever read his uh, Dave Robichaux novels? I have. I've either read them or heard a couple on audio. So, yes, I'm, I'm familiar. All right. So the deal is it's mostly a solve the mystery book. But there's a little bit of supernatural and then a, a bigger dollop of the supernatural right at the end. It kind of helps solve the crime or helps close the whole thing. And it's that same formula. But it was a good book. I enjoyed it. It was just a nice, light, summer kind of read. And you know what? Unlike a lot of the books by Stephen King, it's had a freaking ending to it. <laughs> so, you know, we never really talked about this. Did you happen to catch the end of Under the Dome? No, I still have 90% of the episodes They recorded. stretched it out to two seasons. It's a cliffhanger. So even the series did not have an ending. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that fucking hilarious? That's hilarious. That kills me. Speaking of kills, uh, the other book that I'm reading, I'm not going to finish this book. It's called Jerusalem, a biography by <laughs> Simon uh, Montefiore. And why wouldn't you finish this book? Because it's too much information. This is one of those books that like the last hundred pages is just nothing but the sources for all the footnotes that are through the book. And every other page, there's an additional annotation and then a a little side story in about two-point type at the bottom. And what this book is, is it's the history of Jerusalem starting from the very beginning of any kind of recorded history about it through archaeological digs or scriptures or whatever through modern day. And I'm only up to about A.D. 60, but already 468 gajillion people have died. Every two pages, it's a new leader of the city who strangles his immediate family to assure that he goes to power and then, like, his his mistress or one of his concubines or his wife's cousin will then kill him and then take power. It's just this ongoing bloody blood, blood, McBlood, blood, blood, bath of blood. But it was, like, all in the name of God, right? No, God, no. Really? Oh, Some I would have thought that there was, like, religious is... wars. God fight. <laughs> yes. it's, that, it's not that? Not yet. Okay. There, there's a bit of, you know, Nero demanding that the Jews worship his image, and the Jews get their panties in a twist about that. I can imagine. There's a lot of Jew-on-Jew violence <laughs> as the uh, they try to decide what to do with this Jesus guy, uh, and also as they try to decide who's going to rule the city. It makes Game of Thrones look like frickin' child's play. <laughs> a 
Child's Play, the Chucky film? Not exactly, no. Child's Play, <laughs> as seen in the McDonald's ball pit. Ah, okay. Yeah, so if you really want to learn a hell of a lot, or just be exposed to centuries and centuries of, of brutal violence, I would say read this book. Okay. Well, it's I read, filling up my brain. What read, are you reading? I read a much lighter book. I breezed through this in about five, five six days, but a recent John Grisham novel called The Litigators. It's about this uh, young lawyer who, after five years of working his ass off, one day he just like flips out on the way to the job and he goes to a bar, gets really hammered, and uh, ends up taking a cab to the this address that he finds on a bar napkin, which turns out to be this little ambulance chaser law firm. And so uh, he gets there and he decides to throw in his lot with these ambulance chaser guys. And they end up pursuing a case against a drug that they think is causing heart defects. And so it's a light, breezy, fun read. I mean, Grisham kind of does that sort of thing, the legal thriller, better than anyone. And so it was, it was a pretty fun read, and I knocked it out in, again, less than a week. Uh, so I'd say it's worth your time if you like that sort of thing. Sure, check out The Litigators. You know what I read that's even lighter than that? What's that? Fortunately, The Milk by Neil Gaiman. Really? Is it Gaiman or Gaiman? Gaiman, I think. Fortunately, The Milk by Neil Gaiman. It's uh, it's a wonderful book with absolutely crazy illustrations by a guy or gal with the last name of Scotty. But uh, kids are out of milk. The dad goes to the store to get the milk. Takes him forever to come back with the milk. When he comes back with the milk, he spins a tale that involves pirates, time travel, aliens, dinosaurs, etc., etc., on why he took so long to get the milk back. And it's all illustrated in a really crazy style. It's beautiful. Huh. All, all the illustrations are just black lines and ink splats. A little bit Stedman-esque. It's, yeah, it's a wonderful book. That's what you I was read thinking it in when you did 15, it. 20 minutes. Oh, okay. No. So is it a children's book? You can read book? it in half an hour. Is you can a, read it to your kids. Is it a children's book? It is a children's book. Okay. But I can't get my kids to let me read it to them <laughs> because one is so into whatever current young adult fiction he's into, and the other one's into those darn books about cats. Ah. The Warrior series, all 850,000 volumes of them. Yeah, there was a ton of those back when I stopped working in books, so I can't imagine how many there are now. Well, you know how cats breed. <laughs> like rabbits? Like, yeah, and there's so there's more now. <laughs> and you know what else I've been enjoying? I guess it goes into, into media world. I got to send a shout-out to the folks at V-Moda for their amazing headphones. I bought a pair of V-Moda headphones because I wanted a pair of nice over-the-ear cans to really listen to my music in. And I wanted to, you know, pay in the neighborhood of 300 bucks for them. I don't want to spend any more than that. So I probably could have been coerced because I know me into buying some Sennheiser, Audio-Technica, Bowers & Wilkins, something like that. But uh, I shopped and shopped and listened and listened. I settled on these V-Moda Crossfade M100s. I had them all about nine months now. Damn, they sound good. They sound so freaking good. If you really like music, if you really like to listen to music, and both your ears are working, <laughs> which isn't always the case with me. Man, these V-Moda Crossfade headphones are sweet. And at 300 bucks, they sound better than other headphones that cost a lot more. So there you go. 
that's my multimedia triage for the week. Okay. Well, uh, I do have one uh, film I'd like to review. Uh, oh, yeah, we both saw that film. Did you watch Monsters Wanted? Yeah, I did. Okay, uh, Monsters Wanted is a new film from Thoughtfly Films, directed by Brian Cunningham and Joe Lawfrey. And it is the story of a gentleman named Rich Teachout, who uh, in early 2011 left his lucrative job to basically create a haunted theme park, essentially, with like three different haunts and a carnival and all kinds of crazy stuff. This was taking place in Louisville, Kentucky. He felt like that the haunts there just weren't good enough, and he wanted to really make a splash. And uh, this is the story of how he, along with his partner Janelle and a local paintball company, basically built up this business and uh, how they kind of tried to realize their dreams. It's an engaging flick. It reminded me a bit of uh, of Indie Gamer. Yeah, where you absolutely. Watch this this poor guy work and work and work and spend all of his money. And I'll tell you, that guy was probably the nicest boss ever. <laughs> he did seem like it. Yeah, it did. It, it, it seemed like even when he was rattling at the end of his rope and like his eyes are dead and there's a cigarette dangling between his lips, someone would throw a big ball of crap at him and respond with something like. Well, this is an issue, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was amazingly well composed. And it is definitely a warts and all documentary because there's one of the partners who definitely is not on board. As a matter of fact, he had his voice altered and his image altered because he didn't want to be in the film when it was all done. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that partner, I think his name was Joe, he seemed like a dick <laughs> yeah he seemed like an absolute toolbox this is true but i mean we were talking about this a couple of episodes ago about documentaries about subcultures a lot of times they're very interesting because you're getting to see inside a world that you don't really know very much about or maybe haven't heard about and in this case like this like you know visiting different haunts i've seen how haunts come together and so, you know, this is such a kind of a real story because the light in the eyes of these people who are there and it's the last day and they're really tired, but they love what they do and they're they're almost sad, you know, and crying because it's the last day of the haunt. Yeah, they're not almost sad. They're sad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's absolutely true of most of the people that I've met in the haunt business here in Seattle. And it's really cool to see that love that they, they put into something to entertain other people to try to make other people's lives better you know a lot of these haunts are their volunteer projects and people are given of their time and themselves to do that and the the, the other interesting thing about the film is you, you get to see a lot of real characters like what do you think of chainsaw pete god i've met people like him and i know that he was endearing himself to every everyone there at least a lot of the people there in real life i would not be able to stand that guy <laughs> I mean, he clearly, he was good at what he did, and, and folks are liked him. But God, what, what did you think of him? He seemed pretty terrifying. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did seem like someone that would possibly actually kill you. I, I have to say that here in the Seattle haunt area, I haven't met anybody who's quite that nuts. You know, most of the people, they'll have a character, sure. But then you talk to him afterwards, and you're like, hey, what's up? You know? <laughs> yeah, for him, he didn't have a character. No, there it was, was just... no character. It was like one level, and it was go all the time. So. But that I was found a place it, that it was okay. I found it a really entertaining movie, and I, I kind of wanted to, you know, you see at the end how it ends up, 
And, you know, I, I wanted to know more. I immediately went online and was, like, looking up where the haunt is today. And it's still running. And it's uh, it's just kind of a, a cool flick to see, and especially this time of year. I definitely think if you see it, it's going to make you want to go out to a haunt. So now's the time. You can uh, buy it on Google Play. You can buy it on iTunes. I think Amazon Screening's got it. And you can also buy it on DVD. So just go to MonstersWanted.com to pick up a copy of the film for yourself. And I imagine we'll have a link on the site, right? Absolutely will. Great flick. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and if I learned anything from it, it's don't go to the haunt on opening day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is the case a lot of times. Actually, we're going to talk to uh, Pierce County Asylum here shortly. And he only had three weeks this year. He found out he got the space. He only had three weeks to get ready for it. Wow. And, you know, you could tell he would be fine-tuning daily up until Halloween, probably, and that haunt is just going to get better and better and better every day. So uh, I think that's about it, uh, kind of ongoing. I'm still reading the Fable series. I'm up to volume 15 now, and I just got the code today for Wolf Among Us. Yes. So really looking forward to playing that. Uh, I've almost finished the series, so that's going to be cool to dig into uh Really, as soon as I'm done with this show, once this show's get to bed, I can do that. I'm still playing uh, GTA Five. I'm, uh, I'm gonna say about fifty-five percent into it, I guess. And uh, what else? Oh, we're watching Sons of Anarchy, Julie and I. We just finished the first season. Uh, pretty cool show. I like that one. I hear good things about it. Yeah. Right now, most of the stuff that that we dig is on hiatus. Justified's not around, you know, for probably until spring. Breaking Bad, of course, just finished. Do we talk the league about that? is really not very good. The league's not very good. Uh, Walking Dead just started, and I'll, I'll be digging into that again. But what did you think of the end of Breaking Bad? We didn't talk about that on the show. We didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I like the way it was tied up. I, we're, we're, I thought it was fun. I mean, the bit with the machine gun was a little far-fetched. But hey, were you satisfied with the end of the Walter White story? Yes, I was satisfied. Did you feel like he should have gotten more of a comeuppance? No. There really is no such thing as a karmic balance or justice in this lifetime. And uh, it was rough for him at the end. Perhaps you think he deserved a lot worse. But uh, in the end, I think he died satisfied. And I like the way he, he went to his wife and said, you know what? I, <laughs> all this time I've been telling you this for the family, really, it was for me. I did it for me. I was good at it. And you think back to the start of the, the very first episode and how he was just really kind of going through the motions in life and, and not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I think he died satisfied. But and did, yeah, but he was he, an anti-hero. He was, was not a good guy. Did he deserve to die satisfied? I don't know. There is no deserve. <laughs> well, sure there is. Well, what did you think, Steve? I was actually pretty satisfied with it. I thought it almost wrapped up a little too cleanly. Like, how do you come to town and just immediately find Badger and Skinny Pete? Like, there were some things that were just a little too cleanly wrapped up. But the last eight episodes I thought were great, honestly. Yeah, I thought so, I too. thought it was a really good series. And I'm sort of playing devil's advocate. I was fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the nitpicky part of me that entertains and frustrates you so bad. Great scene with all of a sudden there's the laser pointers. On the on the <laughs> right, two, right, right. they get that red dot on their on their chest or forehead, and they both go, "Oh my gosh!" If you have an actual laser dot on you, you don't know. 
If it's on your chest, you you can't see it unless you're looking. Yeah, for but it. that wouldn't be super entertaining from a TV point of view. Right. To be so like, when I oh, saw that I scene, notice, right? my first impulse was yeah, followed immediately even before I could finish the yeah part of like oh wait that's bullshit. It wouldn't work like that. <laughs> Damn you and your scientific mind. Oh, It gosh, ruins darn. so much entertainment for you. I know. That's not even scientific mind. That's, you know, <laughs> playing with the laser. Yeah, yeah, if you put the laser pointer and you put it on the cat, the cat doesn't go nuts chasing it because it does know it's got a red dot on it. All right. Well, that, that's really all I've got for a multimedia triage this show. Well, I think that's enough. Okay. How about another tune? How about it? Let's go back to Southern culture on the skids. This is... Could we please... Demon Death.
Once again, Steve from the Bone Bad Show here at Pierce County Asylum, and joining me now is Gina. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am having a great time. I was very scared in your haunt this year. Tell all our listeners what you've got going on this year at the asylum. Well, we've got about 30 rooms, and we are the Pierce County Asylum, so we've got a bunch of crazy people over here, <laughs> and we got a lot of rooms that are new to us, and we would love to have people come on down and check us out. Do you hear the voices? Do you I gotta say that there were just a ton of people lurking behind statues, behind hospital beds, you name it. There were a ton of actors in there just ready to jump out and scare you. Oh, absolutely. Our volunteers are just ready and gearing for this year. This is a happening year for us. <laughs> Where are you going? Why are you leaving? They really like us, don't they, Daddy? Oh my God, no, not a whole. You said they couldn't. Where are you going? Where are you going? Again, the theme of the asylum, Doctor Dementia, of course, is leading the way, getting you just primed to enter the asylum. Oh yeah, we got the nurse's station, so you come into the nurse's station, and then Dr. Dementia tells you, you gotta come check us out, cause you know, everything <laughs> that they say about Dr. Dementia is not true, so you gotta come through the asylum just to see <laughs> if it is true or not. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I hate spiderwebs on my face. <laughs> Something like 
<laughs> what days are you open between now and Halloween? We are open every Thursday through Sunday and Thursday through Saturday at 6.30 to 9.30 and Sundays are 3.30 to 6.30. Sunday we are having a family friendly day, friendly family day. <laughs> it's $5 per person and uh, the last two weekends we will be doing trick or treating for the little kitties. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Hello! Also, all of the money that you raise at this haunt goes to charity, correct? Correct. It goes to the Amanda Panda Foundation. For cystic fibrosis. Thank you very much. Yes, it is. <laughs> so not only are you getting scared, it's for a good cause, folks. Oh, absolutely. It all goes to charity, guys. And that's in Tacoma, right near the Tacoma Dome. You can't miss it at Freight House Square. Oh, absolutely not. We got signs out here. We've got all kinds of people out here to bring you on in. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having us. Once again, it was a great time. Well, thank you very much for coming out and checking us out. My pleasure. <laughs> you said they couldn't touch me! I didn't get touched. <laughs> Once again, that was Demon Death by Southern Culture on the Skids, taken from Mondo Zombie Boogaloo from Yellow Rock Records. Ah, this is such a great compilation, dude. Uh, this really is. This is awesome. I'm really enjoying it. That was followed by our visit to Tacoma, Washington's Pierce County Haunted Asylum, which in turn was wrapped in the chilling musical embrace of Sam Haynes and a couple of cuts from his album Welcome to the Horror Show. To Wit, Halloween Night, and 
Ghost House. Earlier, we played Midnight in the Fun House and All Hallows. Welcome to the Horror Show. Can be purchased via CD Baby or iTunes. How about a little more beer and candy? All right, beer and candy. I have in my possession a Berghoff. Berghoff. It sounds like I'm the one drinking real beer. Berghoff, Chicago-style root beer, draft style. Definitely like some styles Gary, going on. Gary here. Berghoff from Mash. No, and the label on this one says it's caffeine-free, naturally sweetened with cane sugar, low sodium, gluten-free. No shit, it's root beer. It's going to be. I'm surprised it doesn't say no traces of poultry. <laughs> this root beer does not contain small stones or any children whose first name begin with the letter I. What the crap? Anyway, that's a delicious root beer. That's what, like a root beer with like a marshmallow finish. Speaking of marshmallow finish, I'm eating an Annabelle's Rocky Road, which is a handmade milk chocolate coated marshmallow with cashews. Whoa. I think I've had this one before. You've had a Rocky Road before that was not the traditional Rocky Road. It's pretty good. It's kind of mushy. I've got a Yorkie. Yorkie original. That's all it says. This is another one of those... Is it a Yorkie peppermint patty? It's not a York peppermint patty. Okay. So we're going to try this thing. It's a Yorkie. Isn't that the name of... That's just like a terrier, isn't it? Yes, I think. Wow, this thing's childproof. I can't get it open. Well, while you're wrestling with that, I'll announce my beer. Okay. Beer number three is from Midnight Sun Brewing Company in Anchorage, Alaska. It is called Treat. It is a Imperial Chocolate Pumpkin Porter. Oh, you had to go pumpkin again, didn't you? Well, I mean, it's the time of year. You know what? This isn't half bad. You know what? This Yorkie isn't half good. Really smoky. I taste the chocolate more than the pumpkin. That's kind of a tasty beer. This is like a just a run-of-the-mill milk chocolate bar. There's nothing else inside it. There's nothing exotic. This is a um, piece of shit. <laughs> I'm so, I really, feel bad, man. The, the lion was, was like, where it's at. Yeah, and you started that game. first, and it's been downhill since then. Yeah, I should have finished I feel with the terrible. Lion. You know, it's not bad. It's just I'm not really a milk chocolate guy, and this is just a whole bunch of milk chocolate. I'm more of a dark chocolate guy, but not when you mix it with barbecue potato chips. Who thinks of these things? That's like a crime against humanity right there. No kidding. All right, well, uh, just uh, to wrap up the haunt season, uh, again, I visited three haunts this year. Stalker Farms Field of Screams, the New Shadows Haunt in Tuckwilla, Washington, and uh, Pierce County Asylum in Tacoma. Stalker Farms, of course, they did great like they did every year. Now, this year they've kind of tried to expand the last laugh, the clown haunt. They've always had the slasher in the cornfields haunt. But they expanded the the clown haunt after last year. It got such great reviews. And so now the two are kind of on equal footing. And uh, honestly, this year, I think both of them were really good. They were probably about equal, but tie goes to the chainsaw. So I got to say that (laughs) the clown haunt had this year had the chainsaw in it. So that one, I think, was just the winner by a blade for me. But uh, Stalker Farms is always fun. Didn't do the zombie shooting paintball out in the field thing this year uh which i didn't love you know people dig that but i'm there to 
get scared, and you didn't get scared on that. So uh, definitely, though, the haunts are every bit as good as they always are. They've got professional-level actors, great makeup, great scenes, and always fun to check out. Then uh, following that, the same night, we headed to Tukwila, Washington, and uh, Eric Tavares, who the last couple of years, he's been at uh, Dark Hollow Haunted Forest in Maple Valley. I think he got, after five years, he got tired of being out in the muddy fields and having to cancel the trail for a few hours and close things. So now he's got an indoor haunt. He's the one who, remember that I was telling you about the haunt that had the, you were being drugged through the zombie tent and you were being yelled at by the army guys and then they got attacked by zombies. And it was fantastic because it was like being in a movie. Yeah. It's really cool to see Eric have the money and the opportunity to kind of achieve some of his ambitions because he has great stories and great ideas and to see him in a new place that is really kicking ass is a lot of fun now the new haunt shadows haunt which by the way they've uh linked with the art of david hartman do you know this guy from sideshowmonkey.com no i love david hartman's art the guy is an amazing artist. He just has a very unique way of drawing monsters, and I dig the shit out of what he does. So that was what caught my eye first, was that they were using David Hartman's art all over their website and stuff like that, which is really cool. But then you go there, and they've got two different kinds of haunts. They've got the old-school Screamer, which where you're going through this an indoor haunt, and it's got a lot of drop panels, a lot of classic effects like the fluorescent masks in a room of black. And so, you yeah. know, one of them is a scare, and you, you don't know which one's the actor, and they're going to get you. So that type of thing. But they had some other unique things, like you walk around a corner, and there's this toilet that has just been violated. Oh, no. It's like got, you know, over-the-bowl pile floating in there, and there's turds <laughs> on the ground. It's freaking disgusting. You walk in, and you're just taking that in, and all of a sudden you get water sprayed in your face. <laughs> Which is the most disturbing, foul thing. My daughter and I were just like, oh, oh, seriously? And that's it, you know, and I've said before, it was funny, because I, I described Eric, his haunts. I said, you know, Eric's got a little bit of a mean streak. And I don't think he appreciated what I meant, but he does. He really does have a little bit. He wants to get inside your head and twist you a little bit. And in this new haunt, he continues to do it. There was just room after room of really effective scenes. I really enjoyed it. It was totally fun. And that wasn't the best thing about it. So they've got this Shadows Haunted Maze. And then next door is the Bloody Mary experience. Now, Bloody Mary is not like any other haunt I've been to. It is more like a thing like something that might be at Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. And I don't want to give away anything about it other than to say both my daughter and I came out of there just going, that was rad. That was so much fun. And it's like being put inside of a movie for 10 minutes. Totally great. If you're only going to go to one haunt this year, go see Bloody Mary because that is amazing. And you can see the two for the price of one. So you got to see the Shadows Haunt anyway. You get Bloody Mary too. It is a great package. And it's indoors, so you don't have to be tromping around out in the mud. Nice. The final haunt is the last one that you heard, Pierce County Asylum. 
And again, the thing about Pierce County Asylum, and Nightmare Beaver Lake has this going on too, is the fact that they've both been in this business a really long time. So they have an amazingly deep back vault of props and haunted items and characters and costumes and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I think he said that they had like 30 rooms and 58 actors. Man. You could not go five feet without somebody jumping out at you. They really work hard to scare you there. And that was what really made that one fun, is the fact that there's so much everywhere, you can't even put your eyes on it, and then you've got people jumping out at you. So my daughter felt that that was like by far the scariest one that we went to this year. Definitely worth checking out again, especially if you're in the South End. Now, two other haunts I just want to give a shout out to... Uh, you may remember Haunted Nightmare, who I visited previously. Last year, they were out in a cornfield for the first time, and right before they were supposed to open, the, all their cornfields blew down. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. So it was, I think, a pretty bad experience for them. So they have joined forces with the Nile Haunted House, which will be every Friday and Saturday up until Halloween. And then on November 1st, they're having all the lights are going to be out so that you can only walk through with, like, a cell phone light. Ooh. Which sounds pretty creepy. The cool thing about the Nile Haunted House, though, is they had that... Remember I was telling you about that door to, like, the uh, lunatic asylum? And you could see through the window, and the guy was, like, banging his head, and it was like a TV screen? Yeah. They had some really cool tech. And then, the, like, the door would bend out. It would bulge. Cool. And so they, they had some neat tech there. And I would be interested to see what they've got going on down there. Because they had the tech at Crypticon a couple of years ago, and it was pretty badass. I did not have a chance to get out there before we recorded this show, but probably something to keep your eye on. Uh, additionally, Nightmare at Beaver Lake's not going to open until this Thursday, so I did not have a chance to see them either. I uh, reached out to Kelsey, and he told me a few things about it. Uh, this year, the start of the trail is going to be a haunted jungle. So he says, think apes, witch doctors, cannibals, and blacklight foliage going deep into the woods. He, he really wants to focus on the depth of the woods and how that looks as you're walking down this trail. So that sounds pretty cool. Uh, additionally, uh, they have a big field following that with Camp Beaver Lake. They're turning the village area into a huge Count Dracula's castle, and then they're going to have a giant haunted house at the end. So very cool stuff from Nightmare at Beaver Lake. I will be checking that out Halloween week. Okay. And that is this year's haunt. If anybody has a haunt next year that they'd like me to check out, shoot me an email, and uh, I'll see what I can do to get there. All right, dude, one last tune? One last tune. All right. This is Low Straight Jackets once again. Actually, this is all three bands together working for this song. Their version of the Monster Mash, Que Monstro Son. Noche oscura de terrible estar En el castillo embrujado empezá a gritar Los monstruos peligrosos Frankenstein y Lachman Comieron quesadillas de vampiro en Pepián Si son Que monstruos Que terrible Bailaba la llorona en los brazos de Aquaman Y Dracula volaba al compás de cha-cha-cha 
Morticia se penava con carjeta y agarras, mientras que el hombre lobo ayudaba sin cesar. Si son... ¡Qué monstruoso! ¡Terrible! Zombies se ha divertido, la fiesta había comenzado. Los invitados incluyen el hombre lobo, Drácula y sus hijos. Si sí son, qué monstruos, terrible. Después el gato loco la luna contempló, labrando el pobrecito, maullando se quedó. Con rebanadas de aire, moreo de indigestión, el pobre gatito murió, murió, murió. Si sí son, qué monstruos, terrible. La llorona en los brazos de Agumán Y Drácula volaba el compás de cha-cha-cha Morticia se penaba con carjeta y guacarás Mientras que el hombre lobo ayudaba sin cesar Mi estimado varón de terror ¿Ha comido sucesos hoy? <risa> Drácula, ¿le gustaría un poco de sangrita? Yo nunca beber sangrita Hombre lobo, mi amigo, ¿cómo te gusta la fiesta? Vuelve, hombre lobo, vuelve. Atrás, atrás. No, no. Ayúdame, Igor, ayúdame. No, no. Igor, Igor. Once again, that was K Monstroson by Los Straight Jackets, Southern Culture on the Skids, and the Flesh Tones from Mondo Zombie Boogaloo. Buy it! Buy it today! So thank yous. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Yep Rock Records for all the great music this episode. I'd like to thank Southern Culture on the Skids. I would love to get them for a full episode feature, dude. I'm going to start angling for that right away. Yeah. Uh, also, Straight Jackets, too. Yeah, the Flesh Tones and Low Straight Jackets. Also, I'd like to thank Stock Farms Field of Screams, Eric at Shadows Haunt, and Clark and the gang at Pierce County Asylum for uh, their generosity and hospitality in allowing us to tour their haunts. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or reach me via email at steve at bonehand.com. Got new content on bonehand.com most Sundays, including the heavy half hour on non bone bat weeks. And I would like to thank my parents for not practicing birth control <laughs> again. Sorry, it's not even your birthday yet. Uh, also, you can find my cartoon every week at mightywombat.com. I twit the Twitterverse at 
Mighty underscore Wombat. And we do have a Facebook page, Steve and I. We do indeed. We also have a Twitter feed for all our Bonebat news. We are Bonebat over there. And I'm Bonehand on Twitter as well. If you want to follow the Heavy Half Hour news, other stuff that I uh, inevitably tweet about. Thank you, of course, for listening. And if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. In closing, I've got one final tune tonight. Now, I'm actually going to shift away from Mondo Zombie Boogaloo to play something else. All right, let's hear it. Now, Southern Culture on the Skids actually put out another album about two years ago on their own record label, Kudzu Ranch. This is called Zombified. I hope you dig it. Once again, I'm Steve. This is Gord. Happy Halloween. Dig it. Bury it with the show. <laughs> And have a good one. I do have a good one.
Suddenly it sounds better. I don't know what you just did, but keep doing it. I didn't do anything. Oh, yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> what? 